The reading is from Luke 14, starting at verse 15. The parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Father, we pray that you would indeed fill us with your spirit. Give us ears to hear your voice and help me to speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to start with a bit of a bold statement that what happens here tonight can change the world. That what happens here tonight could change people's lives in this room. That what happens here tonight could change the lives of people who are not here. Because what happens here tonight may well result in somebody who doesn't yet know Jesus coming to know him. And when that happens, the world is changed. The only thing is, there's a problem. And that is that I have a long list of excuses, of really good reasons why God could not use me in order to help someone else to come to know Jesus. Because I'm so busy, I don't have time to spend with people who are outside the church. Um, I'm not the right sort of personality type to kind of share my faith and that sort of thing. I'm I'm really not very significant. Um, You know, people wouldn't really listen to me. Or I need training to do that kind of thing, to share my faith. Or, to be honest, the biggest thing is that I'm scared. I'm scared that I'll be rejected if I try and and share my faith with someone. But actually, if we think about it, we all know lots of people who are inside and outside the church, all of us, every single one of us. All of us who know and love Jesus 
are children of God. And that's incredibly significant. It's the most significant thing in the world to be a child of God. So we all have great significance in God's eyes. God uses people of every personality type to share the good news of Jesus with people. Look at the group of Jesus' disciples. They were so different. As for training, well, you're going to get all the training you need in the next 15 minutes. And finally, when it comes to fear of being rejected, I can tell you 100% guarantee that you will be rejected. And Jesus was rejected. And so, if you are rejected, you'll become more like Jesus. And if you're not rejected, you can celebrate. So you win either way. And so really all my arguments have been sort of knocked down really, haven't they? And the good news is that in this passage, Jesus gives us some clues perhaps as to how and why and we should, can actually go about um, sharing our faith with others. The parable of the great banquet, Luke 14, starting at verse 15. Because it says that when one of those at the table heard him... Sorry, I beg your pardon. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Well, the expression to eat at the feast in the kingdom of God was about the belief that those who received God's salvation would be with him forever, eternal life. And so this is, it's about salvation. And salvation has two, two facets to it, really. There's salvation in this life, because when we come to know Jesus, we walk with him through this life. We walk with God. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And that's an amazing thing. It's such a, a joy and a thrill to walk with God through this life. Before I had the Holy Spirit in me, well, after I had the Holy Spirit in me, life just became so much richer. I would hate to do life without him again. But the other aspect is that one day I will die and then I know that I'll go to be with Jesus forever in the new heaven and the new earth. Eternal life with the Father. Salvation. The goal is salvation. That's the point. And then in verse 16, Jesus replies. Effectively, the man has been stating the obvious. And Jesus replies, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. You know, it's interesting that, I don't know if you noticed, but it's a double invitation in that, in that passage there. Because it says that a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. But then when it comes to the time of the banquet, he then sends his servant to tell those who've been invited, come, for everything is now ready. And of course, there are two ways to... Well, What he's talking about is that God had made this invitation to Israel for thousands of years in the Old Testament through the prophets. He had spoken of a time when the Holy Spirit would be poured out, of a time when God's kingdom would come. But the people, many of the people, hadn't heard him. And so God sent his son Jesus to remind them of how they could could have salvation. And that's why it says, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant 
to tell those who've been invited, come for everything is now ready. That's how much God wants this invitation to go out to every single person in the world. But then in verse 18 it says, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. Please excuse me. I've just got married, so I can't come. That many of the people who Jesus spoke to rejected him. And to be honest, it's very like that with us. And I bet you all of us have instances in the past where we've felt knocked back, where we've gone to that friend or that family member and we've invited them to church, we've invited them to an event, we've invited them to a a supper, whatever it is, in the hope that they might hear a bit about the good news of Jesus, and they've turned us down flat. Or they've said they'll come, but then they never showed up. And, And we've been a bit hurt by that, and so we've probably kind of given up. People made lots of different excuses for not coming. So are we then to just experience that and think, well, actually... I'm not going to ask anyone else. But actually, Jesus doesn't let us off the hook. Because he says that in verse 21, the servant came back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. He says no. He says people will turn you down, but then go out. Invite your more distant contacts. Invite the less likely people. Because some of them are going to say yes. And the servant comes back and says, Sir, what you've ordered has been done. And obviously some of them had had said yes to the invitations. Now, if we go out and we make invitations to people to come to church, to come to whatever it is, an Alpha course or a Christianity Explored course or whatever... And someone says, yes, is that, the end of our, is that the end of our job? Is that it now I can just relax and, and go and do my normal stuff and go to church on Sunday? No. He says, sir, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. And then the master says to the servant, go out again, this time to the roads and the country lanes, and compel them to come in, persuade them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. God's heart is to make this invitation to every single person alive. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. To remind us of God's love. To take our sins on the cross so that we could be forgiven and set free. And as his followers, he makes a very clear picture in this parable that we are to be the people who now make that invitation to the world in his place. And he says at the very end in verse 24, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And, and that's really saying that not one of those who reject him will get a taste of those who, well, not one of those who invite, will get a taste of my banquet. And he's saying not everybody will know salvation. There will be some who don't. There will be some who reject him right through to the end. But that's not, that's all the more reason to go on inviting. And that, that sounds all very, all very well in, um, in theory, doesn't it? It sounds great. But how do we actually do it in practice? Well, 
about three or four months ago, a few of us went to a conference. It was about growing churches. Um, And there was a lovely man there called Robin Gamble. And he was an evangelist. But he wasn't wearing a glittery white suit and was all slick and all the rest of it. He was from Bradford. And he was, and he was great. And he was a lovely guy. And he's written a book, actually, called Jesus the Evangelist. But what he said was this, is that he used to think that teaching people, encouraging people to share the good news with others. You had to teach people how to make a gospel presentation and, and what they ought to say and what they ought to say and all the rest of it. And he realized that you don't need to do that at all. And he had a fantastically simple way of equipping people for evangelism. And he said, it's just three questions. And the three questions are this. Who are you? Where are you? And don't you think you... No. Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Where are you? And, oh, and why don't you? That's right. Who are you is getting to know them. And the good news is that we can jump over step one, pretty much all of us, because we know lots of people inside and outside the church. So the who are you is largely taken care of. In fact, when he got us to think for a minute and write down on a bit of paper all of the people we knew through different things, through work, through, through church, through hobbies, through this, through that, it was unbelievable. We, fa- we discovered that we, we all knew scores of people. We had hundreds sort of listed in a sense. And... And so the who are you is taken care of. So he left with two questions now. And the second question is where are you? And he means where are you with God? And that, although it may sound like a difficult question to ask someone, that's really quite easy as well. Because if we just drop the fact that, well, we were last weekend, what were you doing last weekend? Well, I was at, at church on the Sunday. Or, do, by the way, do you go to church at all? Or, or you know, by the way, what, what do you think about God? You know, it's, it's popping that question to find out if the person is a seeker or not it's it's really quite simple and then the third question is why don't you why don't you come along to church on Sunday why don't you come to the Alpha course, to the Christianity Explored course why don't you come to the Harvest Supper why don't you come, whatever it is in your church the things that, that, that are available to come to we've got a quiz night coming up We've got the coffee shop lunch stop. We've got the last night of the proms party coming up in September. This is our month when we go mad. And the, and the reason we go mad is because the Alpha course starts on the 1st of October. And so we have all these things we can invite people to. And anybody who comes to the coffee shop, and anyone who comes to the quiz night, and anybody who comes to the last night of the proms will hear an invitation to come on Alpha or to try church or, or, and so on. And so... We, we ask the question, where are you, to find out whether people are seekers, whether, whether they are. But, but then we say, why don't you? Why don't you come? It's that simple. And Robin says, that's it. Evangelism done. You're fully trained now. You're fully equipped. You don't need to be able to do anything else. That's all you need to do. Wonderful. And here's a little example. Just recently, in the last two months, there's someone that Kirsty and I know in the parish who we've come into contact with a bit more regularly um, because they had an operation. And so they, there were some of the things they couldn't do, and we were able to do some errands for them, um, including walk their dog. And, and so there were some doorstep conversations. 
And so the who are you started to get taken care of. And then there was a moment of, of where are you when the person said, well, I'm a Catholic. Now, I didn't know whether that was trying to t- say that I have some faith or whether it was to say that I, I, you know, I'm not sure that I would be part of a kind of faith that you would be part of. But anyway, there was, some, there was a sort of where are you there. And then, finally, the doorstep conversation turned into a cup of tea. And I said, why don't you come to church on Sunday? I'm a Catholic. And I said, that's wonderful. I said, I think that all Christian denominations are all part of God's one big church on earth. And they said, okay, well, I might come along then. And now they're coming to church. It's, it's really, I know, I know vicars have advantages. <laughs> they sort of expect you to talk about things. Like, but, but really it's not difficult I didn't do any gospel presentation. There wasn't a need for that. There's just three questions. Who are you? Where are you? And why don't you? It's that simple. So that's the what. That's the how. That, and, and, and then perhaps, well, the why, I, I suppose we've talked about already. The why is because Jesus wants to build his church. Why does he want to build a church? Not because he wants to build church buildings or because he wants bums on pews or anything like that, but because he wants that invitation to go out to more and more and more people. He wants people to hear about the love of God who redeems us from our sins, who by his death on the cross and his resurrection, we're forgiven and set free and we have eternal life. He wants that, that's why he wants to build his church. I'll just tell you one more story. And I've told this story to... Some of you will have heard this story, but I'm going to tell it from a slightly different perspective. There's a, a, a man called Chris, and he lives in Johannesburg. And one day... He's a, he's a, he's a businessman. He runs his own... It's a small company, but he runs his own small film company. They make advertisements for TV. And, uh, and one day, a number of years ago, Chris got a phone call from an old friend who said, uh, hello Chris, I'm over from England on a business trip, can I come and stay for the weekend? And Chris said, yeah sure, it'd be great to see you, I haven't seen him for five, seven years. And, and so the friend turned up, Chris said, oh, I'm going to take you up to my weekend cottage in the mountains for the weekend, it'll be great. So they jumped in the car at dawn the next day and off they went. Now, Chris, as it happens, had never been a churchgoer all his life. Only three years before this meeting, he'd come to faith on an Alpha course when someone in Johannesburg ran an Alpha course. And he was really excited about his faith. And so on the, in the car on the way up to the mountains, Chris said to his friend, he said, um, by the way, he said, um, and he knew his friend wasn't a churchgoer or a believer. He said, by the way, he said, since you last saw me, I've become a Christian. And his friend said, what's happened? Have you joined the Moonies or something? And Chris sort of laughed it off and he, and he changed the subject. And, and he kept, and, 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 and he took the, his friend off for a weekend. And, and then on the Sunday morning when Chris woke up, he thought, Do you know, I really feel I should invite my friend to church and see if he'll come. And so he said a prayer, he made a cup of tea and he went and woke his friend up and he said, I'm off to church, he said. If you want to come with me, you know, we'll be leaving in about 45 minutes. 
But if you don't want to come, just lie in and I'll see you after church. And he left his friend thinking about it and he went off. And his friend thought about it and, and he thought, well, actually an hour of church can't do me any harm. be a bit rude if I didn't go with him, so I'll go along. And so they went to church. And it so happened that day that it was Chris's turn to play the music at the back of the church. And so he introduced his friend to some other friends and left them at the front of the church. And Chris went to the back to play the music. And during the service, as far as Chris was concerned, everything went wrong. There was, a, there was a, a, quite a wind that morning that got up and it blew the preacher's notes off the lectern and things like that. And it just seemed that all the songs were wrong and it wasn't working out. And then the leader of the service asked everybody to get into threes and pray. And Chris thought that would blow his friend's mind. And, and he just felt, oh no, it's all going wrong. And at the end of the service, his friend walked out and walked up to Chris and said, Chris, I met God in there and I don't think anything is ever going to be the same again. And Chris's friend is now the vicar of St. Matthew's. And standing in front of you. And since then, Chris's friend's wife has come to faith, his daughter has come to faith, many of their friends have come to faith. And there was that one little invitation Chris made. He got up that morning and he said, I'm off to church, do you want to come with me? It's just amazing what God can do with something so simple. Chris didn't make a gospel presentation, he just made an invitation. And that was it. That's all we need to do. That's all we need to do. And many people, when we do invite them to things, will say no. Many people will. But some will say yes, because, although you didn't know it, they were seeking. Lots of people out there are seeking, and they're waiting for an invitation. It's unbelievable. Research has said that something like three million people in the UK would go to church if someone would only invite them. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. There are lots of seekers out there. The trouble is we just don't know they are. But I thought, what I thought I'd do now as, 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 we, as, as, this, as I finish speaking, if you like, is that I think it would be good for, for all of us to have a little time of quiet and prayer to think about some of the people that we might invite to whatever's going on in our churches, whether it's the Mission or St. Matthews or the Grange or, or wherever it is, um, whether it's the Alpha Course or the Quiz Night or the Coffee Shop Lunch Stop or what have you. And, and what I'd ask you to do is this. Um, you've got, there are some post-it notes in the pews and there are some pens and pencils. And if, if, you, if you can't see any near you, we can always shuffle some around. There's a whole bunch here on, on, on the front. Maybe, Carol, you could just, just pick them up. And, and what I thought we'd do is we'd have a little time of quiet. Maybe, maybe Adam will come and play some music or something while we're doing that. Or, or, or the sound desk is going to... Yeah, you're going to come and play some music. Um, and, he, and here's what I'd ask you to do. Is that I'd ask you to pray... And I'll lead us in a prayer just just to start it. But I'll ask you to pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal to you some people who you know that you've either never asked or you haven't asked for a long time. And you could ask and invite. 
to something coming up in the next few weeks, or just to come back to church, to try church out again. And I'd like you to think of between three and five names, people you know. And sorry, this might sound a bit slightly complicated, it's not really complicated, but I'd like you to write the five names down, or three names, whatever it is, but on a post-it note. But I'd also like you to take the service um, booklet that you've got, and there's a space here, and it says here, the year of the invitation. And I'd like you to write the same names that you write on the post-it, I'd like you to write on that. And the reason is this is that when you've finished writing those names, I would love for you to come up and stick your post-it notes on, the, on this rail here, on the communion rail here. And at the end of the, at the, end of the evening, I'm going to gather them up. And Kirsty and I, certainly, at the very least, will be praying for all those names over the coming weeks. But I'd also like you to write them on your news sheet so you can take them away to home and you can be praying for them yourselves as well and we'll ask God to give us the boldness to make those invitations because Jesus wants to build his church he wants those people to know salvation and so I'm just going to pray and then we'll have a time of quiet and reflection as we write those names down and then when you're ready just just come up and bring your post-it note so Father we stand before you tonight We do feel sometimes insignificant. We do feel ill-equipped. We do feel that it's difficult to make those invitations. Lord, we acknowledge that, to be honest, for years there are some people that we've kind of hung a a sort of no-invitation sign around their necks because we just don't believe they'll ever say yes. And we ask your forgiveness. And we pray, Lord, now that you would fill us with your spirit. Guide our hands as we write. Our minds as we receive those names. And help us to be determined as followers of Jesus to invite those people who we haven't invited ever or not for a long time so that they may have the opportunity again to come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and to know his salvation. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.